0: Oh, <laughs> you
1: Well, good evening. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live. Hallelujah! Hey, let's start out by giving our online audience a big shout out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also take a moment while you're here, if you got it, and tag in on Facebook. Just let them know what you're doing, where you're at, and and what's going on. Amen. I'm mean, at that's. For Lake Church, not just to play on Facebook. I got a few announcements tonight. Uh, this Saturday, out at the uh, camp at eight o'clock a.m., they're looking for volunteers to come out and help clean up the camp, get it ready for uh, youth camp. Amen. Amen. Which I'll get into this further. I meant, you know, sometimes. It's not just about sowing money, it's about sowing some time, amen? So that's a good way to get out, fellowship, sow some seed, and uh, I mean, if you get there at 8 o'clock, there's going to be daylight donuts, I'm um, beat Pastor Bob out there, because I don't know how long they will last, but <laughs> <laughs> be sure and bring your uh, your gloves and your and uh, your weed eaters and whatever else you may be handy with and help them get cleaned up, make it safe, and get ready for a good season of camp. Amen. Amen. Overcomers, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Woo! Amen. That's, that's in the building up on the hill. Uh, good things. Good things happening. And expecting better to come. Amen. Amen. Hey, in June we have uh, for the missionary training school in Uganda. We're still still building up that offering for them to give in June. Um, man, that's a good good place to sow seed. You know what I mean? Reach some people, and uh, I'll get into that a little bit. And I think are we still doing open enrollment for training? Train? Christian Academy, right on, so still got, see Miss Dana, and I think there's also some uh, information out in the foyer, and uh, man, praise God for training Christian Academy, amen, amen, and I think that's it, so we're gonna swap over to offering time, hallelujah, let me uh, pull something up here, because kind of. Matthew 28, 19, 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. You know, a lot of us aren't going to be pulpit ministers, we may not travel to the far countries, but the way that you can get in there and get that is because every week we sacrifice our time by going to work to take care of our families, to uh, make some money. And, you know, God God blesses you with that job to be a blessing to others. Amen. So, you know, we got good ways to sow seed around here. Like I said before, the Uganda thing coming up. Uh, man, I believe that'll be a good powerful seed to sow into right there uh trained christian academy uh man there's just several ways that you can be a blessing around here and reach out and then also like i was saying a minute ago if if you may be short in the checkbook you can always sow some seed of time amen go out and help at the uh camp this weekend sow some seed there Always needing volunteers around here. I know Christina can use some volunteers sometimes. So, and uh, if if you don't know what to do, I promise you, if you just come and show up, they'll find you something to do. Amen? Amen. So, with that being said, there's several ways to give. We have, ha, 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 the church center app. I can no longer say that I don't know anything about it because I went in and downloaded it myself. <laughs> man, it was easy. It was really easy. You just got to put in a little bit of information the area you're from. Churches will pop up. Click Lake Church. And I mean, it's you're in like Flynn then. So, I mean... You can go in right there, get your bulletins. It's got all kinds of information on there. It's got a giving button. You can go on there and give. We can do the text to give. Just text to that number up there. Put in five hundred and fifty dollars, and we'll call it good. Amen. Amen. We have envelopes on the seat backs, and uh, we have a bucket in the back if you just like to throw cash in. Amen. 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 Uh, Jerry's not back there, but there's usually a good-looking guy standing back there with a bucket. Just look for him and run back there and put your money in. So let's uh, let's pray, and we'll get started. I'm sure we're going to be in the book of Ephesians, so you can go ahead and turn there if you want to. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for all you're doing, accomplishing, manifesting in our lives in this place, Lord in your house. We just thank you, Lord, for the blessings, being able to sow seed with a grateful heart, Lord. And we know that with a grateful heart, we're not looking for return, but we know there will be a return, Lord, because your word says there will be. So we just thank you, Father God. And I just ask that you bless your people, that you prepare hearts tonight to receive the word. And just thank you right now in advance for revelation, For the rhema word to just come in and settle in, and we won't be the same when we get done. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Good evening, Lake Church. Amen. Well, I guess we're going to go to Ephesians. It's always good when a geriatric can learn something about the internet and... and, Amen. I'm just kidding with you, Wade. I'm right behind you, brother. Amen. (coughs) He probably needs one of those phones, you know, opens up and has the spin (laughs) dial. And instead of Siri, it's our link letter. You know, he's uh, (laughs) with a special AARP button, you know. And our already packaged life alert. uh, Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, God is good. And uh, I'm, if you'll allow me to teach you tonight, I'm going to teach you about the world system. I'm going to teach you how the enemy keeps you blinded by the world system. And uh, it's, it's a mandate that the Lord has uh, given this house is to teach the unseen things uh, so that people can walk in true liberty. Because I think from 2020 on, if you haven't got the idea that you've been tricked and fooled and deceived, The last three years, um, you need to get your head out of the sand uh, because, you know, the world system as it is, has shown its true colors to those who have eyes to see. But uh, there are still people that are blinded to this. They're blinded to the fact that they were deceived when it came to, uh, you know, the the, the pandemic. They were deceived in regards to uh, various aspects of that economic wise uh, deceived in our school system there's many people that had no idea what their kids were learning they had no idea what was going on if you go into target today you see a full-blown you know uh, and uh, so we've got to see how this system works because it's not going away it's not going away Uh, in fact it will get worse and worse as we begin to uh, go into the last days so we have to be equipped with knowledge to be able to overcome as Jesus overcame but also to help others overcome because you can't help somebody if you can't see it yourself Jesus said the blind leading the blind will fall into a pit and uh, a lot of a lot of us have run blind you know in regards to these things and I, I can tell you very seriously you know early um, probably about 2015 2016 I began to pray. Father, show me the spirit world uh, to where it is more real to me than the physical world. And that was my prayer. It was a continuous prayer that I prayed every day. Uh, and I still pray it, you know, every time that I think about it. Because you have to, you have to uh, get an awareness that you can know things in your spirit that your mind cannot comprehend. And, and because you're a spirit creation... Uh, You are not, the spirit is not subject to time, velocity, mass. It's not, it's not all the things that weigh our physical body down and weigh upon our minds do not weigh our spirit down. Though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. So the inward man is in connection with the kingdom of God continuously if you're born again you're in connection with the kingdom of god whether you realize it or not or whether you have an awareness of it or not that's 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 between you and the lord you know you can renew your mind you can get in a good place listen to the good word and uh practice yourself in godliness and you'll begin to have more and more sensitivity to the awareness of who you are and what you have on the inside and that's really the key because faith is the victory that overcomes the world so faith is of the heart, it's, it's of the spirit, it's not, not of this world, it's not of your mental faculties. There's people that believe that belief and faith are the same thing, and they're not. You can believe certain things, but not exercise faith. Amen? And uh, so faith is of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And so we've got to learn that um, <clears throat> there is a world that is far deeper than, superior and more real than what we're presently in and that we really only tap into four dimensions here and most people don't even tap into the fourth because they're not even born again the fourth dimension is a spirit dimension that's made aware through the work of jesus christ but there's actually physicists will tell you this and the bible even teaches that there's multiple dimensions, there's at least ten dimensions. So there's six dimensions that you and I aren't even tapping into. But when we pierce the veil, praise God, when we leave this physical body, we will come out of this physical three-dimensional prison that lost man is in because it's through the new birth that we enter into the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension is the realm of the spirit, and we have the ability to operate in that realm. But angelic hosts, demonic hosts, and fallen angels, they operate in other realms that we do not have access to. But praise God, we've got access here. Amen? Amen. And uh, we've got to understand how it works. So I'm going to go back to Ephesians chapter 2. We we looked at these scriptures last week, and, uh, you know, we had a good time talking about the good things of God. But we need to take a little closer look at the world system here because I believe it's important. Because if you're going to overcome it, you've got to be aware of it. And uh, this is probably one of the clearest scriptures that basically shows you that there is a system that has been created to keep you in the dark, to keep you ignorant, to keep you in bondage to your prejudices and your presumptions. To where you are not open to new ways of thought. You're not open to what God has to say because, no, that's not the way I was taught it in school. A majority of what you were taught in school is wrong. Goodness gracious, would you want to study physics from a 1960s textbook? No, because it's changed. It's changed. I mean, all of the major disciplines have changed. Things have been refuted. Things have been proven wrong. And sometimes they won't even tell you that it's been proven wrong. Because they want to keep you in a state of ignorance. Amen? And when it comes to the Word of God, how many of us have went into churches for years and years and years and never heard about the authority of the believer? Never heard believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is of the devil. What kind of teacher would teach that? Or that healing was done away when the last apostle died. You know, when the last apostle died, I guess that would be the apostle John. You know, that would be the apostle John. He lasted the longest. So you mean to tell me that when he was about to utter his last breath, they brought all the people they could to get in there so he could lay hands on them because that's the last that's going to happen. But, you know, when, it, when we look at Mark chapter 16, he doesn't say to the disciples, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So there's obviously a transference from generation to generation, the works of Jesus. Amen? And the Great Commission isn't just for the original 12 are the original 70 or the original 120? It's for all believers. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's look at verse number 1. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And he begins to show us who we were before Christ. Now I'm going to show you something here on the board. And I'm glad I've got my board with me to- tonight because we've got some good stuff. Amen. And so when we're talking about spiritual deadness, we're not talking about cessation of physical life. We're talking about a separation from a spiritual reality, a source. Amen? And so if we have the kingdom of God on this part of the spectrum, we'll put the kingdom right here. And then we have a line, and then, of course, now we understand from uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Beloved, he, he says, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Son of God, okay, or the Son of Man. Uh, so we have the spirit dimension. We have the soul dimension, And then we have our body. Okay? So if we look at a plus minus, we understand this because we saw this in Ephesians chapter 1 that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And people will say this well, healing is not spiritual. It is, but we have to understand that when we start talking about manifestations in the physical body, people equate that and think that God first touches this, and that is never how God works. God, listen, when it comes to spiritual things, the body is the most away from the things of the spirit, and so goosebumps. Hot flashes is not a sign that you are getting anything spiritually. Amen? Come on now. Now, can the things of the spirit affect the physical? Yes, they can. Uh, can, It can move on you. It can cause different things to happen, different manifestations. You know, Quakers were called Quakers because they quaked when the Spirit of God came on them. So we understand that there is some manifestations physically, but uh, we need to understand that when it comes to receiving from God, you cannot use this as a measure. Oh. You cannot use how you feel in your body as a measure of whether or not God has done his work. Amen. Okay. So he says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Well, a lot of our critics will say, well, you know, that's, that's just spiritual blessings. Well, what's the difference? Right. We're spiritually- what's the difference? It's showing you that in order for the kingdom of God to manifest in our lives and get into our world, it's going to start right here. Everything you get from God has to be received spiritually before it can work itself out into the physical world. It's financial provision. It's uh, physical, you know, strength. It all starts from the Spirit. And in fact, if you look at the third chapter of Ephesians, and I love this scripture. I confess it over my life as often as I think about it. But in the 14th chapter, one of the prayers of the Apostle Paul shows us this corresponding action and how God works himself into our lives. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened. Now when you see the word "strengthen" there, you have to understand that strength is health. Things that are not strong are not healthy. If you have a weak heart, it's not a healthy heart. If you've got a strong heart, you've got a healthy heart. If you've got a weak immunity system, if you've got a weak pancreas, hello, not secreting the proper amounts of insulin, you know, for life and health. That is not your inheritance. So it tells you right here That according to the riches of his glory, he will grant you to be strengthened. Now, how does he strengthen? He strengthens you with dunamis power through his spirit in your inner being. So any divine exchange that God gives from his kingdom is going to first come into our spirit. Because we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But we have to understand that we have a solical aspect of our lives. And that is where the world system does its greatest work. Because the world system knows it can't stop you from receiving the Lord. So it wants to stop you from receiving from the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, as far as the devil knows, the devil knows more than you know. He knows more than you know about your situation. And he knows that packaged in your spirit, because you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, that you have everything that you need. Amen. There's nothing that we have to grasp outside of what Christ has done in our hearts. Right. The divine life of God, the pleroma, which is the full sum and substance of of his fullness has been deposited into your spirit. You are alive unto God. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Christ has enthroned himself in your heart. So therefore, everything that he is and that he has is within you. You act like you don't believe me. Well, Jesus said this. Let's look over at John chapter 14. John chapter 14. You won't believe me, maybe you'll believe the Lord. Just maybe. (laughs) Just maybe. All right, John 14. Hallelujah. John 14. All right, let's look at this, verse 18. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. So he's showing you that through his death, burial, and resurrection, that life is going to be imparted to you. Because his re- see, we're sustained. Listen, listen to this. We're sustained by his resurrection life. In fact, his resurrected life, according to the Book of Romans, is what causes us to live. We live the, in the power of his resurrected life. It is through his life. He's the power plant. Yes, amen. 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 And because he lives, we live. Because he has divine life, the Bible says, as he is, so are we. So although we're in earth suits that are subject to time, which time is, is, a, is a qualitative, it's, it's, it's a component and we're subject to velocity, we're subject to mass, we're subject to all of these, you know, physical, you know, dynamics. Our spirit is not. Do you understand that? See, what we're in is hardware. But what we're of is software. It has absolutely no weight. Amen? Amen? And so we we need to understand that we're spirit creations within physical bodies. And that our life does not emanate from our blood pump or from our bloodstream or from anything physical. Our life source is the resurrected Christ. And the more we see that, the more we'll be able to operate in divine strength and life. Because if you just simply denote that your life stems from your eating and your exercise and drinking water. Hello, I know people that do that better than I do and they're, they're in heaven today. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, you've got to understand as a new creation, the source of your life is different than an atomite. Yeah. Your source is different. You're not subject to the law of sin and death anymore. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. That doesn't mean that you don't decay on the outside. We're all going to decay on the outside. But it means this. That you have a life source on the inside of you that will generate energy, life and and power and strength that the world doesn't have, Amen. because just like I said, when Adam transgressed, when Adam was first created, Jehovah breathed the breath of lives on the inside of him, and he became a living soul. That means that he was a spirit who had a soul. The soul is the interactive component. That attaches us to where we can interact in a physical world. The soul is a component that is used mainly in this life. To be able to traverse our physical existence. When Adam transgressed he ceased to be a living soul and just became a soul. So that meant that everything that his body and the world told him he was subject to. He had no other source to operate from. So if his life told him, this is your limitations, this is only what you could do, he believed it, he embraced it. He lived life outside in. But praise God, Jesus has caused us to be able to live as we were originally intended to live from the inside out. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. So he says, listen, I live, you also live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me. Now notice this. And I in you. See, one of the greatest things that you can understand and what Ephesians has told us in the first chapter is that we are one with Christ. That we are unified with him. We are in union." with him. Amen. Amen. And he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he, it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So God desires to manifest himself in your life. How's he going to do it? You know, he begins to say it by you loving on him by keeping his commands. And what are his commands? Love. Love is the main command. Amen. The love fulfills the law. Love fulfills all of the Ten Commandments. Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Drop down to verse number uh, 24. No, let, let, let's look at verse number 23. It says, Jesus answered him. No, let's, let's see what the question they had in verse 22. <laughs> Judas, not Iscariot, because he was brain dead, said to him, <laughs> Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Okay? That's, that, that, that basically shows this entire thing right here. How are you going to show yourself to us and not the world? Okay, notice what he says. If anyone loves me, how many love the Lord here today? All right, five. That's great. I'm looking to increase that tonight. Amen. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him. Okay, so notice this. If anyone loves me, love is a fruit of what? The Spirit. If any man loves me, Notice what he says. And he keeps my word. Where do we keep his word? See, love and keeping his word. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows forth the issues of life. It's talking about a spiritual component. If you keep that spiritual component going, if you understand who you are in Christ, what you have, he says, notice this. He says, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him. And we will make our home with him amen. you are god's address in the earth amen you are God's address in the earth. He lives on the inside of you, and that's what Ephesians tells us okay so what what we're learning here is that you know we have You know uh, what Romans 8 calls we have this center place that the enemy wants to occupy the enemy wants to occupy this fear which um, which is kind of a three four-dimensional three-dimensional world there which is the soul okay so how he controls humanity Is through the soul amen the spirit is detached from the Lord and has the sin nature on the inside of it before Christ comes in so it's by nature we operate by nature but to encapsulate and to keep people enslaved the enemy has to control this area and that's what he seeks to desire to do and so he uses three different elements uh, in regards to that, to, to captivate the soul. And are found in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 15. And uh, we've talked about them quite extensively, which is the lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. and the pride of life. Those are the three main components of this system that the enemy has brought in to captivate the soul. Because what happens is, is the soul can become a wall. See, a mind... uh, I remember uh, Derek Prince saying this. He's saying, you know, when you go into a formal um, liberal education... And, and he says basically, what you're doing is you're creating a supercharged um, mindset that is contrary to God. See, the more I school myself in natural things, the more fortified my soul becomes. When I, begin, when, when I begin to allow the kingdom of God to come through through mind renewal, basically what mind renewal does is it creates pathways. It creates pathways to get what God's done on the inside of you to your physical world. But there is an element, a system that has been brought forth by the enemy that is is seeks to impede and build a wall between what God's done in your spirit to where it never gets to your body. It never gets to you know, how many have ever said this? Well I don't even know if this is even real You know, I'm not how many ever ever said this? No. Yeah. I've said this, so don't you know, I'm just not experiencing anything right now. I, I you know I mean, the Bible says this, but it just doesn't look like it's working. How many have ever said that? Well, I'm telling you, the barrier is right here in your soul because God's done the work. God's done the work. It's already done work. You're not trying to beg for the work. You don't have to work for the work. You don't have to. Come on. If you're born again, he says God lives on the inside of you. Now, to experience that life, he gives us two things, does he not? He told us what they were. He told us exactly what they were. we got to keep his word. Amen? So the word, you know, he's not saying that you got to keep these laws, you got to dress this way. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is you've got to be in the word because the word is spirit food. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, They are spirit and they are life. That means that even the words that I'm speaking to you today out of that Bible aren't penetrating this. They're penetrating this. Well, I don't feel anything. You're not supposed to. Faith is not feelings. If you can feel it, it's not faith. The more we get out here, we get out into the negative spiritual realm. The spiritual realm does not necessarily connect with your body until it comes through your spirit, through the avenue of the soul, and then generates its life into your body. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? So people will say, well, what's that praying got to do with anything? What's that confession got to do? What's reading the Bible got to do with anything? It has everything to do with it. Because it helps generate, we've talked about this before, it helps generate the fact that what God's already deposited in your spirit. The reason why you're not sper- experiencing more of the life of God in your life is based upon this area and the fact that you're not conquering this area through the renewing of your mind. Jesus said, and this is life eternal, that they might know, no, no, no. no. Know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So that knowledge is what affects your soul. The more I know God, the more the the ability of God on the inside of me can be released into my physical body, can be released into my physical world. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, now look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2 again it says and you were dead in your trespasses and sins sin. so that means that you know this component was 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 not there it wasn't there for you so you only operated in the soul and the body and the body is the only way that you were getting information to yourself about your situation so if you saw physical limitations you felt those physical limitations if you saw a mountain in front of you you said i can't get over that mountain there's absolutely no way but god has put his spirit on the inside of us that when we look at a mountain today we can say that mountain can move that obstacle can go that giant can die that cancer can go away come on now Why? Because we're connected to life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that does not have the Son does not have life. It's just as simple as that. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. It says, and of His fullness we have received. Amen? Amen? Okay, so notice this, in which you once walked, and that word walk means to habitually walk. It's in the locative tense. It means that we were in lockstep with the sin nature. We were dead in our trespass and sin. We were walking in lockstep with it, okay, following the course, the course of this world. And that word course, it refers to a cosmos system. And when we look at cosmos, this is something that Jesus said that he overcame. You know, we use the word world in regards to this. It's the word aionos. you know, in the Greek, which is a different word, aionos and cosmos. Aionos has to do with time periods. It has to do with, with segments of time, seasons. And then, cosmos has to do with order and arrangement. It means adorning. Okay? So, basically, it is the outward adorning of something that is concealing the real thing. Amen? Amen. So, we're in a matrix, we are in a digital, uh, basically, you know, framework that is meant through the sin nature and through the fall of man <clears throat> and through the instigator of the, the fallen world to keep us enslaved to a system that conceals and obfuscates the will of God for humanity. You understand what I'm saying? So when he talks about the course of this world, uh, another translation says... You were following in lockstep the set, uh, the mores, the philosophies, the attitudes, and the beliefs of your set time of culture, of your set time of culture. So many of you, we've got multiple generations that are here tonight. Many of you, seeing the things that are coming on to the earth and in our nation today, Wouldn't have believed that would even be possible 20, 30 years ago. But you were walking in lockstep with your set time of culture. There was a belief system. It's just like in the matrix. The matrix basically upgrades itself. It basically changes with the generations that are coming in regards to the time that we are in. So the enemy steps up his upgrades in accordance with the time because he knows that his time is short. So he begins to bring in, and so we begin to see in the last 20 years or so the rise of certain movements that we would, uh, we would have rejected in generations past. But because of this insistent Uh, throwing of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, continuously, you know, hammering against the wall and the fabric of society, then it creates, it penetrates, and it's through words. Everything is created by words. So this matrix system is created by words. And in fact, the matrix that you are in personally is created by words. Words from God, words from the enemy, words that you're speaking to yourself. Amen? Amen. And so they begin. And that's the reason why when you get a Webster's Dictionary every year, because they put out one every year. You want to know why they put out one every year? Because words change. And the enemy knows that the inherent power within a word is its definition. So if he can alter and change definition, then he can alter culture. So he continues to hurl different words at us. Right now, racism is a big word, okay? What they say is racism today is not what we thought racism was or what we believed racism was before you're a racist if you don't think like someone else. That is not the definition. Do you understand what I'm saying? But they're making it the definition. And the reason why they're making it the definition is because they want to get into the soul. They want to change the way you think. Amen? To where you won't stand up anymore. You won't speak for truth anymore. Because you're afraid. They are bullying you by changing words. And the enemy knows how to do this better than ever. He understands semantics more than anything else. And he knows that when God declares a word. If he can alter that word and get you to think differently about it. Then he can control your mindset in regards to that. Thereby depriving it of the inherent power of its definition. It's just like love. They've hijacked love. How many have heard love is love? No, love is not love. Love is a person. Hello. Love is a person. God is love. Put that on your shirt. Target. Amen. Amen. Love is not love. I'm sorry, it's just not. You should have the right to love who you want to love. Nobody is debating that at all, but you're not talking about love. you're talking about sexing them up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I have to use those to kind of shake you out of your you know out of your stupor to understand that when they're talking about love is love, they're talking about sex as sex. They're talking about sex is what they're talking about, and sex with, di- with same you know sex. Hello, that's what they're talking about. So love has been defined as sex. Why? Because he wants to control the soul. He's going to do it through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Do you understand this? Okay, let me read this out of the, uh, out of the message here. Or not the message, but the, the Passion Translation. I thought they did a really good job of it as I studied it out in the Greek. I thought they did a a tremendous job of of translating this verse. And it says, And his fullness fills you, even though you were once, like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of the world. See, that's exactly what he said. He said, according to the course of this world, according to the set time of culture. See, some of the things when you were unsaved and you'd hear somebody talk about yoga, you'd think, man, I'd like to try that. Or you'd think about, you know, hey, well, I was listening to these tapes of this guru and he said this and, you know, it, it, the universe is God and blah, blah, blah. And you just, you know, and, and you, you know when you're unsaved, when you're not attached, you're, you're kind of open to that stuff. Because everybody's looking for a leg up. Everybody's looking for a code to 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 kind of shortcut the system. Come on now. Everybody's looking for that stuff. And you're open to that stuff. And you're open to different types of religion. And here's the main thing. is that the matrix plays all sides. It doesn't play just the negative side. It plays the positive side as well. So it creates fake religious programming. To get you to believe that you are okay with God when you really are not. And even in the church. Amen. So you have to understand that you've got to be led by the Spirit. That's one of the greatest gifts you've ever been given is the Holy Spirit. Because you don't know what's going on in the pulpits of America. You don't know. Even with me. You don't need to sit and take what I'm saying and just say, oh, well, pastor said it. That's never what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take what I say and you're supposed to test it by the word of God and the spirit on the inside of you. Because the unction of the Holy One is on the inside of you to keep you from deception. And even though you may not be able to articulate or fabricate an argument to refute what I'm saying, you will know in your spirit that something's off. Amen? Amen. Even though you may not have scripture and verse, even though you may not be able to run it down, you know, through systematic theology, you can just tell, man, something's off. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. How many have ever listened to someone say the right words, but they're in the wrong spirit? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. There's people that use the word of God to manipulate and control people. And it may, they, may, they may preach it word for word, but there's something about it that just ain't right. You can just tell it's not coming from the right source. See, this is stuff we've got to watch out for. Because these days aren't going to get clearer. They're going to get more and more foggy. Amen? Now, notice what he says here. I'm going to read the rest of this. It says, obeying the dark rulers of the earthly realm." I like that. Man. That's totally right. Because that's exactly what they're seeking to do, is to create obedience and to create you to walk in lockstep with what they want. That's right. That's right. So it shows you that there's a system, and it shows you that there is a uh, 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 you know, something that will come and, and will enforce the system. So there's not just a system, but there's an enforcer. Amen? And, in fact, we studied this multiple times back last year, a couple of years back, where we talked about Ephesians 6, and we talked about, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, Rulers of the darkness of this age. This is what it alludes to. It's the word cosmocrotter. Okay, it's the word cosmocrotter in the Greek. It means enforcer of the system. So there are demonic and fallen angelic hosts that are enforcers of the system. You know, we, we sit around and we feel sorry for ourselves. We think about ourselves in negative ways. We look in the mirror and we sigh. And we, you know, bemoan our station and wonder why more things aren't happening in our lives. But there are two kingdoms that are fighting over you right now. That makes you pretty important. I mean, when hell has to amass forces to bring obstruction to your life, to try to bring impedance to your life, obviously, they think more about you than you do yourself.
0: That's right. Good. My, my, my. Good.
2: Amen. And so it's, it's important that we see ourselves the way the Bible shows us. No, we're not special. We're not special in the sense that we're some kind of special one. Christ is special. But Christ, the beloved, has extended himself to you and has become identified with you so that you can be identified with him. And in him, we are accepted in the beloved. We are set apart and we're no longer apart. Of the world system. Amen. We're, we're no longer a part of the world system. So he, they begin to barrage us. With all kinds of information. From these three gateways. To captivate the soul. To where the soul is impaired. In its ability and perception. Of spiritual things. The Bible says. If we are. Spiritually minded, we will have life and peace. And how many would like more life and peace? Amen? But it requires us to understand who we are and what we have. To be spiritually minded means to have a mind that is in tune with the Word of God. To be carnally minded is death. And there are many believers today that still operate in the carnal mindset. That means that they're still subject to these three things. See, we should resist these three things right here. That's the reason why we have to watch our appetites. We have to watch what we watch and what we look at. And we have to not put our uh, heart and worship towards things that are not of God. Because the pride of life is basically the boasting of life. That's what it means in the Greek. It means the boasting of life. So it means that we find our boast in other things than the Lord. We find our boast in our position. We find our boast in our economic situation. We find our boast in our successes. And sometimes we find our boast, unfortunately, in our failures. There are people that absolutely uh, think that, you know, they are cursed and they like it that way. Hello. Hello. And they'll brag about how much hard times they've had. How many know, How many know somebody like that? I know somebody popped up in your head when I took... Yeah. But, they're, you know, they're just like, uh, what, what was that one pig pen? You know, and, uh, you know, got that dust cloud all over them. You know, and, and they just walk around with a cloud over their life. And they like it. Because any time you help them get rid of that cloud, they resist you. Hello, how many of you have ever had somebody say... Hey, I'm man, I just can't seem to get ahead. I can't seem to make it in finances. I can't seem to do it. They said, well, let's sit down and let's get a budget. And they, won't, they won't talk about budget. Budget? What are you talking about? Get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah. You know, that's what they do. Because they like. See, that's, that's what this system does. It creates the illusion of freedom. Well, I'm free to do what I want to. I'm free to do whatever I want to in my flesh. I'm free to watch whatever I want to. And I'm free to experience anything that I want to experience. And I'm going to be better for it. And the whole while, we're operating in a form of slavery that is keeping us from the life that is truly found in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? Are you with me tonight? Yes. I got 5 more minutes. Is that all right? Yes. Okay, all right. I give me give me 5 more minutes, all right? According to the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, Carrying out the desires of the body. Actually, that is the word sarx in the Greek, which means the appetites, desires of the flesh. See, your body isn't bad. You know, you wouldn't be here without it. But its appetites, if it is not honed in and brought under subjection to the Spirit, will do anything. It it will do anything. I mean, you can get moved on to commit adultery. You can get moved on to you know, take dope and, you know, I mean, you can be moved on to do it. If you you don't have the spiritual fortitude on the inside of you, your flesh will want to do anything because your soul toggles between these two things. Because you have extrinsic information and you have intrinsic information. So it begins to side with whatever information is the most convincing. And if you continue to operate in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, your flesh is going to be super energized. And you're going to be what is known as a carnal Christian. Amen? You're always going to be cooking up a bowl of chili con carnal. You're going to be a carnal Sanders. Okay? And you're just going to be thinking about carnality. I've seen believers, born again believers with the life and nature of God, Christ enthroned in their heart, be subject to pornography. To be in bondage to where the life of God's not manifesting in them anymore. He hasn't left. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. But they're so enslaved that the border has been shut down and the highways of life have been barricaded. Because of these three things. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And right now, he's using words against you. He's using words against you to build this prison in your soul. Now, if you don't understand this, you need to go get my book, Secret World. It'll help you. How many have read that book? All right. Okay, five of you. That's great. All right. Well, the rest of you need to get it and read it. It'll talk to you about this situation right here. Okay? It says, And we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and made us alive together with Christ, by grace we have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So our position now is in the Holy of Holies. We're not outside anymore. We're not outside. We're in the Holy of Holies. So we need to learn to operate from that place. But we've talked about this many times. We did a series called, uh, um, oh, what was that called? Um, Yahweh, uh, Camp Yahweh. And then we did... uh, tabernacled okay and we had the tabernacle set up here and i showed you that most christians they want to live on the outer gate they want to live out here and when you live out here see this is the religious system said let's look at the tabernacle we're outside of the tabernacle The get first thing i'm going to see is the altar And so everything's about the altar. Everything's about the altar. But we need to understand that Jesus has fulfilled the altar, that the altar's closed. Come on on now. But most people don't believe that. They're running to the altar. i got to run to the altar. i got to run to the altar. Well, the altar's closed. Jesus fulfilled the altar. Hello. So people are staying between the washing of the water of the laver, in the altar and they're going back and they're, they're doing barbecue for God all the time because they live such carnal lives. They're not operating from the right place. Yeah. I'm not saying sacrifice is over. As we saw from Tony Cook on Sunday, he showed you what the spiritual sacrifices are, yes. which is praise and prayer and things of that nature. It has nothing to do with killing your time, killing your body, killing anything you understand that? See, people think, well, well, God will listen to me if I'll do this. No, no. No, that's not true. Because, listen, you're one with the kingdom. You're acting like you're an outsider. You're living like you're an outsider. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to live in this realm. To where your whole identity with God is based on works. And that I can only determine the quality of my walk with him based on what I do. Yeah. And if I'm not doing so hot, then I can't access God. He won't listen to me. Wow. Nothing could be further from the truth. But the enemy wants us to K out here and our soul out in the outer gate. But God, you know, when we look through there, and we look into the holy place and we see the menorah and we see the altar of incense, and we see the table of showbread, we see those things as works. Because here's the mindset the enemy wants you to get. Well, you didn't sacrifice enough. You're not clean enough. You don't see enough. You haven't been in your word enough. And you're not worshiping enough. And I'm telling you, people die right before they even get into that place. But when we operate the way God created us to operate, Joel, and we operate from the place of the Holy of Holies, these things no longer become obstacles, they become weapons. My worship can become a weapon. Word and revelation can become my daily bread. Illumination of the menorah is the Holy Spirit's work in my life. The washing of the water of the word is there for me when I find myself, if, 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 I, uh, if I find myself in sin, I confess my sin and I'm washed and cleansed. And the finished work of Christ is my basis of being able to operate in this life. So therefore, when I walk out here from this place, I come out an overcomer. I come out a victor. But when I go this way, I'm continuously defeated. You understand what I'm saying? When I'm operating from the outside in, I'm in constant state of defeat. But when I come from the inside out then I'm able to operate at a higher level of life. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that word abundantly is the Greek word parisos in the Greek. And it doesn't just mean quantity. It means quality of life. We have been redeemed... From the Adamite quality of life. We don't exist that way anymore. We are not an old sinner saved by grace. We were an old sinner and we have been saved by grace. But we're new creations in Christ Jesus. We operate from the throne. We have been seated at the right hand of God with Jesus Christ. That is our place of dominion. We have the high ground. We're not trying to get to the high ground. We have the high ground. What the enemy wants to do is to keep you paralyzed by getting you to think that you're in constant motion trying to get to be king of the mountain. But Jesus placed you at the top of the mountain. You are not trying to climb it. You are defending your spot on it. So you're not the sick trying to get well. You're the healed of the Lord defending your health. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you what. That's where he has most believers at today. And until you get an awareness of of the deception that he has put on you to get you to think that you are in a inferior position to Him and to the things of this world, you'll never be an overcomer, even though you were born of the Spirit of God to overcome. Your circumstances will always dominate you if you live in the system. But Jesus said, in the world you're going to have tribulation." but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the cosmos. That's what he said. I have overcome the cosmos. I overcame the system. And if Jesus overcome and broke the system, then guess what? You can walk in the freedom from the system. Because the Bible says in Colossians 2.15 that he stripped dominions and authorities and principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. So the enforcers have been taken, their, their defenses have been taken from them. It's the same thing that when Joshua and Caleb in the 14th and 15th chapter of Numbers, when they were trying to persuade the children of Israel to rise up and take the promised land, uh, Caleb stilled the people and he said, their defenses have departed from them. Now, they were saying, oh, there's giants there. There's Nephilim there. There's all this obstacle in walled cities. But he says, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how big and bad the giant looks. What's behind the giant and what empowers the giant and what empowers the walled city has been totally neutralized by our God. So, therefore, all we... Come on now, somebody. All we got to do is begin to step in to it. And guess what? Sometimes we gotta do it afraid. We gotta do it with our with our knees going like this. But we keep stepping because we know that from a spiritual standpoint, that mountain that walled city, that giant, has already been dealt with through the cross. And when I know that the cross has already dealt with it, it doesn't matter how loud it roars. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how thick it is. It doesn't matter uh, what symptoms are coming against me or not coming against me. I their defenses have left them, and now I am ready to take my place in every place. The soul of my foot treads upon is mine Amen Praise God Hallelujah Can we give God praise and thank Him Lord Thank you Father God Thank you Father God In Jesus name In Jesus name We don't have to live this way anymore We've been redeemed We're we're out of the system Notice he talks about it in the past tense. You once walked. You once walked. That means that we're not supposed to walk that way anymore. But I counsel people over and over and over. And they're still walking in the old system. And they actually are fooled into believing that in order to get out of the old system, they've got to get in the old covenant. What if I just do this and I just do that? No, believe on the Lord. Believe what He's done. If there's any theme that has been transcendent over this last six months, almost six months, it's the cross. Because that's where it all begins is we've got to become cross-eyed. We've got to see things through the cross and stop seeing things through our natural lens. Amen? Amen? Well, if you have a need, if you need prayer, if you need to be born again, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have ministers up here after I close the service. We're looking forward to meeting your need, to helping you through the power of the Spirit. And uh, don't walk out the same way you came in. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.